Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is podcast number 26. Stop attacking the ivory tower. Warning. This episode is probably going to sound more like an editorial than a self-revelatory memory. Listener discretion is advised. We once thought the idea of a university or college campus as an unassailable fortress of knowledge and learning. Sheltered from the world, but without walls or impediments, and with a very permeable boundary to let anyone in, welcoming anyone who desired an education. It was a beacon of hope for those seeking a better life. But recently, the world has changed, and so have the realities of our once starkly traditional fortress of knowledge. Ironically, politicians, many of whom have college degrees, including law degrees, attack the notion that education is worthwhile, an attack many would have found ludicrous in decades past. Along with cutting budgets and devaluing the idea of education, higher education has become almost prohibitively expensive and does not seem to be worth it to some of the younger generation, many of whom seem to be seeking quicker gratification and the paper rather than the educational foundation that the diploma should serve as a keystone for. Not to mention that they will be saddled with massive loan debt in attempting to pay for what should be a priceless education. In response to smaller budgets and a coincidental decline in enrollments due to population and demographic shifts, with fewer traditional college-age students available for just as many institutions of higher learning, we have administrators looking for ways to save money. Now, this is, of course, nothing new. As a new faculty member in her first job, my wife was looking for ways to innovate her teaching, and she wanted to get a Macintosh computer with particular software for her anatomy and physiology lab. For the historical record, I believe it was a Macintosh 2CI and HyperCard. Incidentally, I loved HyperCard and did a lot of programming in it, including a series called the Living Biology Laboratory Manual, for which we got several grants. When she requested the funds to make the purchase, the Vice President of Academic Affairs at that institution told her that he could afford the CPU this year, but the monitor and keyboard would have to wait until the next budget year. I'll give you another moment to consider why that's not a really good idea and why it wouldn't work. My education changed my life and serves as an embodiment of the concept of giving a hand up, not a hand out. Because of my family situation, I was eligible, in those long ago before times, to get free money from the state and federal governments in the form of grants and financial aid. My undergrad degree was essentially free, with enough grant money to even pay for my books. This allowed me to not have to work, and so I could devote full time to my learning 
except for a couple of work-study jobs along the way. Getting an undergrad degree prepared me for grad school, first for a master's, then a doctorate. The latter degree empowered me in a variety of ways, opening doors to several positions and opportunities that I would not have had otherwise. These served to validate my education. Many of my personal and professional accomplishments would have been impossible without my college education and degrees. Now, all of this doesn't mean that everyone should go to college. Trade and technical schools are also viable options. We will still need plumbers, mechanics, and electricians for a long time to come. I really don't see the robots taking over anytime soon, prognostications to the contrary notwithstanding. And only a PhD would write a sentence like that. At the very least, everyone should continue to learn regardless of their career path. In my memoir, Immaculate Misconceptions, Tales of Catholic School, I relate the story of my reading year. In the 366 days between my high school graduation and my first full-time job, I spent a great deal of time at the library, reading books and following various threads of inquiry. While the books that I read, on an average of five per week, were fundamental to the expansion of my knowledge, the structure of my higher education was even more valuable and contributed to my continuing development. I can't imagine my life without my education. And to return for a moment to an idea that I touched upon briefly earlier in this episode, I don't understand politicians attacking education. Of course, I would understand if I thought they wanted to dumb down the populace so we will just make knee-jerk reactions to everything and listen to and believe everything they say and so allow them to do whatever they wanted to, to pursue personal profit over the common good and perpetual re-elections. All of this is what I hope is not politicians' agenda, but it does seem that way. Again, I have to wonder, did they have really bad experiences in high school and college? Were they bullied and now have to get back at everyone? Did some evil professor fail them in a class and now they have to have their revenge on all institutions of higher learning everywhere? What is it about learning that they find so much to object to? Oh, but there goes my critical thinking kicking in, and that's one skill I think is a must-have for every citizen on this planet. For me, one of the great crises in society is wasting potential, whether one's own or that of others. We should be encouraging people every step of the way, from childhood to adulthood, to live up to their individual potential, which in turn would help the human race reach its full potential. And we still need to find out what that is and keep reaching for the stars. Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to stephenschramm at museoffire.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-C-H-R-U-M at museoffire, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com. Or leave a message at 724-835-4074, and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Schramm. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera. <laughs>